This is Becca and Millhaven. Just say it. I am Tom Becca. McGraw Millhaven here. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon and good evening. Yeah, wherever you're listening, because we are we are all we're all over the place. Whatever you listen, we're uh, a podcast. We're a podcast and on the radio at the Big Five Fifty KTRS. That's right. That's right. Every Thursday night. Um, this is the podcast where you heard McGraw Millhaven predict that Joe Biden would not run for president, and I agreed with him. So. <laughs> I have a I have a theory. I have a theory. Let's hear it. My theory is Joe Biden waited long enough to see if Donald Trump was going to be in a position to win the nomination. And because he is in a position now, right? Trump's stock is rising. DeSantis's stock is plummeting. Um, Chris Sununu doesn't have a chance. Chris Christie doesn't look like he has a chance. So it looks like right now the money is on Donald Trump. And Biden and his advisors think he can beat Trump, but he can't beat anybody else. That's sort of what the polling shows is that, yeah, that that Trump is the only one that Biden can beat. Here's my theory that this that, you know, um, uh, Biden says he wants to finish the job. And that includes getting the Republican Party back on track so that they look at this and say, wait a minute, if Biden's running, he could beat Trump, but none of these other guys. So they give Chris Christie another look. They give uh, Nikki Haley another look. They uh, start to think about, you know, and then Trump, you know, he's got his rape trial starts, you know, and all these other issues. I, I don't know. Well, I, but I but but I think the Republican primary voters don't vote for who is the most electable. They vote for who is the most pure. And so they don't care if you win the general election. That's been proven time and time again. They just want to be pure. They don't want to win the general election. They just want their guy to win. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you there. Uh, although Donald Trump has lost a big ally in uh, Tucker Carlson. And uh, so this, you know, that could also add something to the. Uh, I think Tucker Carlson is going to be his running mate. You know what? Stranger things have happened. <laughs> oh, but put Tucker at the top of the ticket. Can we uh, talk Tucker? Can we talk Tucker for a little bit? I, I, I well, I assume we would. Yes. So I, um, first of all, Tucker Carlson has completed the trifecta. Few of which have um, been able to do. It's the Grand Slam. He's been fired from CNN, MSNBC, and now Fox News. Right. If you remember, he used to host Crossfire with John Stewart back in his bow tying wearing days. Well, he didn't. Know, he didn't host it with Stewart. Stewart was a guest, and oh, is that right? Okay. He and Stewart really got into it, you know. And uh, I always, I always liked Tucker Carlson um, when he was on CNN and when he was the sort of thinking man's conservative and just a very nuanced. And I always thought he was really interesting to listen to. The and then, wearing, no, the bow tie wearing uh, Tucker Carlson. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And 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 he was more or less plucked out of obscurity by Fox um, when Bill O'Reilly was pushed to the sidelines after his sexual harassment suits, and then they they plucked him out of obscurity, placed him into the hottest spot. Right, they they placed him in the spot right after Seinfeld. Right, I mean that's the. That's the prime spot for cable news shows. And the guy created a character that people loved. And that's what he was. He was a character. He was a right-wing character. And 
no one's going to convince me otherwise because he doesn't believe the things he's saying because we know that through the Dominion stuff. Yeah. But here's what here here's why he got fired. Not because he played this character and he went too far. By the by the way, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, McGraw Milliman has no inside information to this, but he's going to tell us how he uh, why he got fired. <laughs> is there a problem with this? No, I just you know I mean, everybody else is giving their opinion. Why not yeah, you? Exactly. Um Rupert Murdoch knows what's in all of the depositions. And Rupert Murdoch, right? So it's a lot of it's been redacted, right? We know a little bit, but Rupert Murdoch knows all. And I think Rupert Murdoch and the gang at Fox said, you know what? Tucker Carlson's too big for his britches. We're the biggest in town, and he's too big, and he's getting bigger than than Fox. We're the biggest. We've got to take him down. I'm not so sure. I saw the um the ratings of Tucker Carlson's last show versus the ratings of Bill O'Reilly's last show. And mm-hmm. Bill O'Reilly had a million more viewers than Tucker Carlson had. So well, while that, that's in one show is hard to. No, of... no, but but it, but it's still that's a million more. I mean, so it just goes to show that you know, I, I mean, Tucker was big, no doubt about it. He was big. I mean, a Friday but... night in the spring, you know, at eight o'clock is kind of a tough to spot. So I don't know when Bill O'Reilly's last. You know, if it was the uh, uh, the dead of winter on a Tuesday. I don't. I just don't know that. I I just don't know that. Uh, um, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson was too big for his britches for Fox. I will say, I will say, I think that they like. I, I agree with you. They they knew what was in the depositions. They knew what was in those uh, those recordings, and they knew what they had to deal with with uh, Dominion. And they got uh, Smart Matter coming up, or what was it, two point seven billion dollars in that lawsuit? Yeah. Not to mention other other potential lawsuits out there. Then he has this issue here with uh, sexual harassment of his producer. And I think at some point, Fox has said, you know what? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he makes us some money, but he's not worth it. He's not worth the trouble. Well, and the other thing, too, is it isn't like uh, they can put Jesse Waters in there and and won't skip a beat. Right. The formula is already created. So you just are a Trump loving, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Let me talk to the, you know, January 6th supporters. And that's the that's the playbook. So it doesn't really matter who's in that spot. They'll just take Jesse Waters or somebody else and plug him in there and they'll just keep right on keeping on. The difference being the difference being is that um, uh, it's a different uh, media uh, scenario than it was when Tucker took over for Gold O'Reilly. There's more podcasts. uh, Newsmax is an issue. OAN, perhaps, although. I think OAN will probably be uh, sued out of uh, out of existence here uh, with these lawsuits, and maybe even Newsmax too. Um, but um, it's a little bit different uh, scenario here, and there, people got uh, more opportunities to go to different places. I was on Twitter, and of course, you can't really go buy everything on Twitter. And I want to get to that in a minute or two. Really, that's interesting. I can do without your sarcasm. I, I I will say this about yes, it's a it's a changing media landscape, but the seniors who watch Fox aren't going to the latest podcast. They're going to their Fox News channel. That's what they've been doing, and they're gonna they're gonna say they're oh I'm gonna turn off Fox. Yes, yeah, sure they are. They're gonna watch Fox because Fox is gonna give them Jesse Waters is gonna give them what Tucker Carlson gave them, or whoever they put in that spot is gonna give. It's it's like Burger King. These people want their news their way. 
and whoever they get is going to give it to them their way, and they're going to keep on keeping on. Well, except that, except that they may not be going as crazy as Tucker Carlson did, and the people like that crazy, and that crazy could be going to Newsmax or OAN or a podcast. Uh, and I agree that maybe the podcast is a, is a tough thing. But again, going back to Twitter, there was outrage yesterday on Twitter and it said, oh, Fox is done. Fox is done. I don't think Fox is done. I don't think Fox is done over this. I think they will survive. But uh, at what level is another question. And as far as, um, you, you know, uh, you talk about Jesse Waters and everything. Aren't you? Uh, I, you're not like really friends, but don't you know Brian Kilmeade? Uh, Brian Kilmeade and I grew up in the same, well, he grew up in Massapequa. I grew up in Manhasset on Long Island. His father had the bar, Kilmeade's, up the street from my uncle's place, Publicans, um, which is all depicted in the great uh, memoir, The Tender Bar, um, which um, which they butchered as the movie, but be that as it may. So I didn't know Kilmeade growing up. But Kilmeade knew everybody I knew, and I knew everybody Kilmeade knew. And then his father died, actually, in a drunk driving accident. He was driving home from, from the bar one night and got uh, hit and, and killed. And so I, Brian Kilmeade and I, every time we see each other, we always are nice to each other. Um, but so we're friendly with each other because our hometown is the same. But, but I, the point I'm making here is that you don't want to be the person that takes Tucker Carlson's place. You want to be the person that takes the place of the guy who takes the place of Tucker Carlson. See, I disagree completely because you're making it think that Tucker Carlson is Johnny Carson or 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 Harry Carey or shall we say Kent Pavelka, right? The the, the... <laughs> I love Kent, but where did that come from? Oh, you know, you don't want to be the man who replaces the man. You want to be the man who replaces the man who replaced the man. But in this instance, they plucked Tucker Carlson out of obscurity. He was basically a website producer of some obscure website, and he was a thinking man's conservative. They plucked him out of ob obscurity, put him in there, and he created this character. The next person is going to come in and create a very similar character. They're going to make they're going to make Big Macs the same way. They're going to they're going to keep giving the audience what they want to hear. And so just as long as you get somebody who is willing to forego what they really think for what you want the audience to be told, it's they're going to just like just like Bill O'Reilly. Right. Bill O'Reilly created this character and he then, you know, it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Just every time the other guy goes down, there's a new Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh, although I don't know, I mean, who are the uh, what Buck Sexton and the other guy that replaced Rush Limbaugh? They're yeah. trying. They're trying to be Rush Limbaugh, and their ratings are not what Rush Limbaugh's ratings were. No, because they're because they're not. Well, Rush Limbaugh is like Johnny Carson. Rush Limbaugh was and created his own entity. He he's Johnny Carson, and don't I, I don't mean it like he's Johnny Carson. I mean like he was an original. He, he was just so iconic that, yeah. You, you can't recreate a Rush Limbaugh. You, you can't recreate a Johnny Carson. You can't recreate a um, a David Letterman. You can recreate a Tucker Carlson because he just gave the audience what they wanted to hear. Yeah. When the, when, when, when the chef at McDonald's quits to go to college, 
the other chef comes in and just follows the formula. It's the same special sauce. It's the same, you know, quarter pounder with extra cheese. By the way, this may be the first and last time the word chef at McDonald's have ever been used in a sentence. <laughs> The, the, chef, the special, the chef the spe- been, who, who's who's the sous chef, the one that p- takes the pickles out of the cooler. I mean, what the, the chef at McDonald's? The, my what? point is that it doesn't matter who makes the burgers; it still tastes the same. It doesn't matter who hosts the eight o'clock show on Fox; it's all going to look the exact same. Um, you're you're right to an extent. I'm right. All, I'm right until the point that it pains you to say I'm right. And then you're going to say I'm wrong. This coming from the guy that predicted that Joe Biden would not run for president. That's true. I do think this this is interesting. I mean, we've not heard the last of this because it appears that um, uh, they did not pay Tucker Carlson any severance. They fired him with cause. Well, not not only that. It shows you what a game this is. Do you know that Tucker Carlson and John uh, Don Lemon have the same attorney? No, I didn't know. I didn't know that. No. Right? So I mean, everyone's like, "Oh my goodness, oh these liberals, these these." They have the same attorney. It's a game. It's a total, complete, and utter game. And and there's I've I've heard people say that Don Lemon really isn't as liberal as he portrayed on CNN, but that was the role he was playing. Well, that was the character he was playing. Let me ask you this. Do you ever play a role on your radio show just because you think that's what the audience wants? So um, it's a great question. I know. That's what I do. I ask great questions. Um, So no. One, you know me. You've known me for almost 30 years now. You know me on the air and off the air. Let me ask you this question. I'll ask you that question. Am I different on the air or off the air? I keep hoping. (laughs) <laughs> or 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 am I the same? Now, I, I will be I am guilty of this. Sometimes I will talk about a subject that I really don't care about. And if I have to have an opinion on if it's green or purple, I'll pick purple, but I don't really care and I'll sell an argument that way. Yeah. But but for the most part, you know, I really don't like Halloween. For the most part, I really like the Jets. For the most yeah. part, I'm I'm who I am. Yeah, same here. I mean, I know like when I was doing talk radio, and even now with Andrew Becker's beat on Fox 42, when I do that, I mean, I may sometimes, um, I don't, I don't want to say embellish, but yeah, maybe embellish my views, uh, you know, because I've always made a thing about, I, I, I have a problem with the bicyclists that ride on main streets, you know, and, and that, but I may make a bigger deal out of it than I really think. I mean, it, it annoys me. But um, I don't think there ought to be laws that keep keep you know kick them right. off or anything. You right. know what I mean? Right. But so I, I may I may indeed um, embellish somewhat. But yeah, the foundation is always there, which makes me think that the foundation is also always there. With uh, well, you know what? I wonder. I wonder this. I wonder if if Tucker Carlson started off being himself, and a few of the issues he saw was going on, so he switched. That and he got trapped in being somebody other than who he is, just for the sake of the audience. Well, how many how many politicians really believe all the things they're peddling, right? Oh, that's, yeah, they're they're doing it because they're 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 playing a role. But on Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham is ethical. <laughs> well, uh, do we do we have to break? We break. Oh I have yeah, a great, we're late. We're late for the I break. have a great story about a pro a legendary program director. 
And I'll tell you about this in the same in the same conversation. Take a break. I can hardly wait. This is Beck and Millie, but just saying on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. We are back on the podcast and on the air at uh, five fifty KTRS. Uh, McGraw, I think perhaps before you talk about a legendary program director, why don't you tell the audience just what a program director is and what they do? Well, that's interesting because program director's job changed from station to station. As program director of the Big 550 KTRS, my job is to get yelled at when John Carney says something stupid. That's my role as program director. At the and Big that's an everyday occurrence. That happens all the time. But program directors... So go back a couple of years. They hired a program director here at KTRS. His name was Al Brady Law, who has since died. The man, the man died. And I do not mean to trample on his grave, but um, he took over KTRS at a time when uh, we had just, the Cardinals had just purchased KTRS and the Cardinals were coming over and they went out and they hired what they perceived to be a legendary program director. Al Brady Law, in the history of radio, will go down as one of the greatest program directors ever. He had success, yeah. He he programmed uh, WABC. He was, I mean, he was, from all accounts, and his resume is such, legendary. Uh-huh. And, he com- and he comes into KTRS, and I had a, he since, he fired me and then rehired me three weeks later, but that's a whole other story. But in the conversations I was having with him, he uh, was programming at that time uh, right-wing talk show stations. And at the time, gay marriage was a big deal and a big issue. And he had a number of conservative talk show hosts who came to him and said, look, I'm a conservative. By all accounts, I don't want the government getting involved with marriage. So." I'm in favor of gays getting, I'm, I'm against regulating any type of marriage for these gay people. If these gay people want to marry, I'm for freedom. Mm-hmm. And I, I am, and this is the antithesis of my conservative beliefs. And so I can't go on the radio and say, I am against gay marriage when I am very much in favor of gay marriage, because that's the conservative ideal. To which Al Brady Law said, if you go on the radio and say you're for gay marriage, you will be fired the next day because that's not what our audience wants to hear. Our audience wants to hear how you are against gay marriage and you're not a talk show host. You are to give these people what they want. Yeah. Well, and so, and so that's, that's the game. Now you and I, Tom could have been much bigger radio personalities because we were both in the room. We were both in meetings. We were both in conversations and they said, can you do conservative talk? And we both said in our own way, no, we just have to be ourselves. That's what we are. And And, so, and, and, and I am, I am fairly conservative. I am right of center, but at the same time, they kept moving the goalposts. So now to so many people, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a liberal. They say, what happened to you, Tom? You used to be conservative. It's like, oh, I used to be rational. And I'm still rational. It's the rest, others that have gone, you know, crazy on me. Um, and I agree. I, I think I think the same thing is interesting when it comes to now the, since gay marriage has pretty much been accepted by people, um, now it's the transgender issue. And you've got the liberals saying that this should be a family issue 
and the issue between the family and the doctor. And you got the conservatives saying, oh, no, this is a government issue. The government's got to be involved in this. It's like cuckoo land. I mean, because the conservative issue is the issue of saying, yeah, you know what? I may not like uh, this. It may not be for me, but if, you know, the family does this, uh, if the kid goes through all the uh, um, all the counseling and determine that that person is transgender, that's up to the family and the doctors to decide and not the government. That's a conservative attitude in my mind, but it's not in today's world. Well, it, it is, it's a, Fox is a brand and Fox's brand is conservative talk. And so of course they're going to put their finger up in the air and see where their audience wants to be told and then tell them that's what they do. That's their brand. They are never going to hire a Rachel Maddow to give you the other side of the story. Their audience doesn't want the other side of the story. McDonald's isn't going to hire a Japanese isn't going to hire Bobby Flay to do barbecue because that's not what the audience wants. The people going to McDonald's want a Big Mac. They want a double quarter pounder with with cheese. If you give them a taco, they don't want it. If you want a taco, you go to Taco Bell. You want a burger, you go to McDonald's. You want right wing talk. You want to be told Donald Trump's great. You go to Fox News. And so they're going to hire somebody to just give the audience what they want. Yeah. And uh and it works for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. imagine a sports imagine a, imagine a sports station like like that. Imagine if like the Cardinals lost last last night and you came on the air and you're like, no, the Cardinals didn't lose. The other stations are going to tell you the Cardinals lost. But really, the truth is the Cardinals won last last night. I mean, that's <laughs> if you're a Cardinal fan, you want to listen to the station where they tell you they win all the time, right? Yeah. You don't want to hear a station where they tell you they lose. Well, that's, that's and that's new and that's talk radio today and talk TV today. Yeah, no, to, to a large extent, you're right. You know, uh, to a large extent, I, th I think you're right on that. Um, and, and what does that say about us, the consumers of the media? What does that say about us as far as, you know, accepting this? I mean, you know, Tucker Carlson knew the truth and put out the lies. People know the truth about, you know, uh, January 6th. They know the truth about Donald Trump, and yet they still go and, uh, Say they believe otherwise. I I I, did, I think I may have told this story, but I don't know. Um, during the last election, there was a guy on my Facebook page on his feed who had put out a story and it was a, a completely bogus story. And so I wrote to him. I said, "No, that this story is false. This is not true. Here are the facts." And I put out the factual story about it. Right? I said, "Would you please take this story down?" And he said, "Thanks, Tom. It was very nice." He says, "Thanks, Tom, but no, I'm not going to take it down because." I like the way the story makes me feel. And, <laughs> and it's like, the facts have nothing to do with it. It's like, how does this make me feel? And and if, if I can be made to feel that like, I'm not doing so well in life because of the Democrats or the Republicans, if I can be made to feel like that uh, any problem I have is somebody else's fault, and they can throw that at it. If I can be made to feel that, you know, transgenderism is the biggest problem facing America today, if that that hits an emotional chord with me, that's what's going to sell. You know, whether it's true uh, or not. Yes. And that's we saw that when Fox called Arizona for Joe Biden. Yeah. The audience didn't want to hear that. And so they started going other places. And we know that the Fox hosts were apoplectic over what can we do? 
to solve this problem of Arizona going to Joe Biden. And they, instead of saying, boy, Donald Trump lost the election and here's why, right? Give people their honest opinion and an honest uh, depiction of the actual facts. They went the other way yeah, and said that January 6th was Antifa and you're being robbed and you're the one who, you know, you people don't realize how this is being stolen from you. And it's not red. It's not blue. It's green. And Tucker Carlson made the decision he was going for the ratings, regardless of what the facts were. You know, it used to be. And so we'll see what happens. Yeah. And it's funny because in the transcripts that uh, Dominion released, uh, it showed that Tucker Carlson was very concerned about the ratings after they called for Arizona. He was very concerned yeah. about the ratings. I, I would imagine. I would imagine that uh, seven hundred, and that's not the range, but the stock price. The stock price. We're concerned about the stock price, and I would imagine that uh, you know a seven hundred eighty-seven million dollars settlement, along with Tucker Carlson getting fired and these other pending lawsuits. I imagine that's not going to be really good for the Fox uh, stock price as well. Uh, although, I think although, I, these people who are, they're going to again, they're going to hire a Jesse Waters, and they're just going to just pick up right where they left off. There's going to be no difference. Well, and. And it, it depends what it depends what now the other issue of all this is what do the cable franchises do? Because Fox makes most of their money on the fees that the cable franchises pay them to air their product. If those correct. fees go down, if those fees go down and uh, you know the more traditional advertisers stay away from them, it, it can be problematic. Well, I mean, the other thing too is Tucker Carlson. Murdoch has had enough other products out there that you know he, he's not going to be on a uh, on food stamps anytime soon, but well, I also also Tucker Carlson had a lot of advertisers bail on him. So if you get Jesse Waters in there or somebody else who's another clone, right? Um, then you, you get the advertisers come back, and so you might you'll 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 make more money with this new guy. So it, yeah. look, the whole thing's a game. Don, uh, Don Lemon though, Don Lemon's just a fool. He is just a buffoon. For him, I saw the. Vivek Ramswamy interview, the one he did last week. I rewatched that last night. Um, I heard the whole Nikki Haley's over the hill. Women are over the hill at age 50. I mean, the guy is just a buffoon. And um, I, I'll tell you what, I don't think CNN needed him in the mornings. I think Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins do a great job on their own. They don't need a guy in there. So he was he was expendable. He was just a buffoon. Well, and that, that that whole I watched the CNN morning show uh, numerous times, and the three of them you can just tell there was never any cohesiveness. You've worked with partners, I've worked with partners. You got to have some real relationship with them, and the relationship that he had with well, Poppy Harlow and that, that that was not a legitimate uh, relationship. And uh, the viewers can sense that they they can that comes across the screen. Yes, no, no, no question. Now, with that being said, since we're picking on all of these people who are making significantly more money than we are, yeah, uh, Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough have great chemistry. They're married together. That show is unlistenable. You cannot listen to that show. He goes off on rants and tangents, and then after 10 minutes, he asks Willie Geis. He's like, Willie Geis? And Willie's like, is there a question in there? What, what, what am I supposed to say to that? You know what? I used to like Morning Joe when there was that sexual tension between Joe and Mika, you know, back when they were like 
but I both married and, you know, they, they, they were flirting with each other without flirting with each other. I kind of like that, that sort of, you know, but then they got married and it was like, I don't know, just it lost that spark in my mind. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I like Morning Joe when Morning Joe's not on. Oh, when Joe's not on, so, so you just don't like Joe Scarborough. I don't mind him. He just he just won't stop talking. He just sort of rants. Yeah. So I don't quite get it. Yeah. Well. All right. So we got to probably take an, another break, and we have buried the largest and biggest story of the week. And that when is? We come back. Well, I'll tell you when we come back. That's called the tease. This is Beck and Millie, but just saying, on the big 550 KTRS. You know, I got to get out of my radio voice when I do the uh, outro for the commercial break. Yeah. Because, yeah, it is. Get in your podcast voice. Well, that's just it. I don't promote the podcast. I don't promote the podcast, and you can get wherever you find your podcast. So anybody listening right now on KTRS, you know, and you missed the first half of the show, it's available wherever you find your podcast. iHeart, Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, you can find Beck and Melhaven, just say it. So what's are the, you? Um, are you? What's the biggest story that we? Are you, you married? Are you? Are you keeping the clock on this show? Do you know? Do you know? Are you watching the clock? We're pretty close. Yeah, we got we got a few minutes left. All right. The biggest story of the week, and I, I'm really disappointed that you did not know the biggest story of the week. Um, your cognitive health might be declining. Um, but the biggest story of the week, hands down, probably the biggest story of the year is that Aaron Rodgers was traded to the New York Jets and the Jets first of will all, be going, first of all, I will be going to the Super Bowl. I, I knew that, but I just didn't think that that was necessarily the biggest story of the year. Shame on you. It is the biggest story of the year. Yeah. The Jets going to the Super Bowl, that is the biggest story of the year. Yeah. Yeah, well, we my, my Browns hired Deshaun Watson. How'd that work out for him? You know, I mean... <laughs> well, 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 Deshaun Watson has a number of other issues that Aaron Rodgers is not dealing with. And even if he wasn't dealing with those issues, Deshaun Watson is not Aaron Rodgers. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting The uh, if uh, Aaron Rodgers can do something with the Jets, the miserable Jets. But here's the other big story. This, this I think, is hilarious. Okay, you know, I'm in Nebraska. You used to play uh, baseball for the University of Nebraska. We're, we're both Nebraska fans, right? Both sure. Nebraska fans. Former head football coach Frank Solich made his uh, return appearance in Lincoln for he the was first, like MacArthur. Yeah, for the first time in what is it like uh, twenty five years or whatever it is, right? And everybody's saying, "Oh, their curse is over." That, that there was a curse when they fired Frank Solich, and you were you you still bitch about them firing Frank Solich. Never should have fired. Dumbest dumbest mistake they ever made. And so they said that with Frank Solich coming back to uh, Lincoln, to Memorial Stadium, now the curse has been lifted. I will just say this. You don't say the curse has been lifted until the Huskers start winning games. <laughs> okay? All right. These people that are just all excited. Oh, Frankie came back. Oh, good. Now all is right. All is right with the world. Yeah, look, you know, I'm I'm glad that they honored him. I'm glad that they uh, gave him a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, Thanks for the uh, the effort, but at the same time, you know, I don't think that uh, Huskers have gone into the toilet all these years just because the the gods of football were upset that they fired Frank Solich. 
So, so you're saying the curse of the Bambino wasn't over until the Red Sox won the World Series? Yeah, the and curse of the Bambino wasn't over then? when. What have the Red Sox done since then? Well, they've won like two or three other World Series. Uh, I mean, they had a few good years, but let's see. I'll bet, like, right now, let's see. I mean, you know, I'm getting out. I think they've won, like, three World Series. They've won, I think, at least three World Series. series. They haven't won three World Series. In in the 21st century, I think that in the 21st century, I think they've won three World Series. Right now, Boston is eight and a half games out of first place, last place in their division. Right now, Boston's last place in their division. So okay, okay. So is, now is this I the, didn't say they were doing well this year. Bambino, uh, is the curse of the Bambino returned? Huh? N- no, no, no. The curse of the Bambino has not returned. Boston, let's see, Red Sox World Series wins. It was uh, 2018, 2013, 2007, 2004. So they've won four World Series in the first 23 years, 22 years of the 21st century. The curse of the Bambino is over. By the way, you and I were at game four in St. Louis when uh, the Red Sox uh, won their first World Series. And Yes, uh, we were. And I will since never 1918. Remember... What was that? Their first World Series since 1918. Yes, since 1918, yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> I thought that was pretty much self-explanatory, seeing as how we wouldn't have been around in 1918. But okay. Well, you you said you said their first world championship or so whatever. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, you're such a stickler for facts. I was just. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Yes, we were in the stadium. Anyway, I will never forget the the sight. Remember the guy that was sitting behind us? And it's like the bottom yeah. of the ninth, bottom of the ninth. The Red Sox are going to win, you know, two strikes on the batter, bottom of the ninth, two out. And, and I mean, all the Cardinals fans are on their, on their feet. They're clapping, they're applauding because even though the Cardinals are losing, uh, going to lose the World Series, uh, they would still respect the fact that this was historic, you know, that the, the, the Red Sox were going to win the World Series. And there was some Red Sox fans sitting behind us with like his hands over his face. No, hold on a second. His wife, his wife, his wife had bought him a round trip ticket to Boston and one ticket. So he flew in from Boston, one guy, one ticket, round trip, and he was sitting by himself behind us watching the game. Around all these Cardinals fans, and he just could not, he could not let himself enjoy the moment because he just knew, he just knew they were going to blow it somehow. I, I, I've got a picture of it somewhere on my phone. He was just sitting there, and I remember turning to him and saying, "Come on, man, get up, enjoy this. You're going to win." And he just sort of like looked at me, like, "Yeah, no, I'll wait. I'll wait till it's over." You know. You know. You know. I I hate. I don't hate Boston, but I've just never grew up a fan of Boston sports. And I've seen two World Series. Uh, I've seen two Super Bowls in person. Both times, the Patriots have won, and I've seen a number of World Series. And and I've seen the Red Sox win two World Series, and I could care less. And these Boston fans, you know, <laughs> I feel kind of I feel really bad. All these Boston fans would have loved to have seen it, and I can't stop seeing Boston teams win championships. Well, it doesn't look like we see them this year doing that. Because what the hell, what is up with Tampa Bay? Did you see? Did you see Tampa that? Tampa Bay catch? is very good. Did you see that catch? The barehanded catch the guy made. Yeah, yeah, the one-handed catch. How about yeah. the Pirates? The Pirates, the Pirates have won seven in a row. 
That uh, it's going to be a Pirates. It's a Pirates Tampa Bay World Series. I, was, I think I think Nostradamus predicted was like towards the end of the world. I think that that's. Uh, uh, that's but again, more importantly, but I I've already booked my hotel for the Kansas City Chiefs New York Jets AFC Championship game come January. <laughs> well, I hope it's a refundable rate. <laughs> <laughs> my Jets, baby. Aaron Rodgers, Jets are, man, the Jets are back, baby. Did you see where Joe Namath said that uh, Aaron Rodgers could wear his number 12? And Aaron Rodgers says, uh, no, we're good. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers said, I would never do that to the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL who saved the NFL, and he's going to wear number eight. Actually, he saved the AFL, and the NFL had no, he, no, he saved the NFL because the NFL was a joke at that time because they had the merger. And no one believed the AFL had a chance. And so he proved that the AFL was just as good as the NFL. Yeah. So who did he save? The whole league, because no, you have to have, you have to have somebody, if you're playing a league that isn't um, equal to you, then there's no league. They saved, Uh, single-handedly saved the NFL. I, I don't know that I would go that far. I I'd go know. further. I think he saved Western civilization, quite frankly. Was that was that when he showed up on ESPN drunk on his butt trying to hit? No, but that was uh, that was awesome. Uh, when he was wearing pantyhose, I mean, the man was wearing pantyhose and mink fur coats. You know, really, when you think about it, he was like he was the guy back in the day. Well, he oh, was my Broadway goodness. Joe, Broadway, yeah, Joe Willie White oh. shoes, yeah. Oh my goodness, he was he was the he you know, and they. Sonny Werblin signed him to the extraordinary, extraordinary contract of five years, two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. thought this guy lost his mind because he was gonna. He signed him for five years and two hundred thousand dollars. By the way, that's not two hundred thousand dollars a year. That's two hundred thousand dollars total. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Five years totaling two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Think about uh, that for a second. Yeah, but you know, which we, I wonder what that would be like today. Probably be a couple million, but still, yeah. Well, I mean, well, Patrick Mahomes signed a five hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And Deshaun Watson signed a two hundred forty million dollar contract. Don't rub in Deshaun Watson. Don't talk about Deshaun Watson, please. Don't don't bring don't bring him up. That that just um, just when they killed my Browns, just killed my Browns. But anyway. Anyway. And 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 my my Knicks are about to deposit your Cleveland Cavaliers into the uh, into the off season here. You know I'm a big Cleveland fan, but when I moved from Cleveland as a kid, the Cavaliers hadn't really started yet, so I never really got into the Cavaliers. Although I will admit to being a bandwagoner back when uh, LeBron was playing for him, but uh, yeah. but I've never really got into the Cavaliers. So I I mean I'd like to see him win, but I don't care. Whereas if the Browns were in the playoffs or the Indians or the Guardians were forgotten old habits die hard and the Guardians were uh, you know in the World Series I'd be going nuts but uh, I hear you I hear you but the Cavaliers well, that'd be nice yeah your Browns can't go to the Super Bowl because my Jets are going to the Super Bowl baby here's what's uh, going to happen the Jets are going to go fifteen and two and Aaron Rodgers is going to throw nine interceptions in the first playoff game. Aaron Rodgers will catch COVID because he's not vaccinated and unable to play. He's a weird bird. He's a, he's a weird bird, but I don't care. He's a quarterback and he can play quarterback. 
I ain't playing him to be a I ain't playing him to give me a vaccine. I'm paying him to play quarterback. Yeah, but if he but if he can't if he if he's home in bed uh with COVID, they're um it's not a good not a he good. doesn't he now COVID's over with. COVID's done. COVID was a hoax. Actually it's not. Uh, matter of fact, um my sister was just in St. Louis for a convention and they had to cut back on the convention because three of the people in the convention came down with COVID. Really? Yeah. And well, that it's was, the, it's that, that was in St. Louis, your hometown. It's that Trump vaccine where he was busy putting all the transistors in all the different vaccines. Uh, you should hear the things in his mind. He doesn't say. Is it? Is that really him? Is that really? Him? Is that the way he is off the air? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep hoping. I keep hoping for a change, but it ain't coming. Keep uh, hope alive. We, we, are, uh, keep hope alive. we are about out of time now. We are about out of time for today's podcast. Uh, Beck and Milhaven just saying, uh, we got to do the obligatory like us, follow us, all that good stuff, and uh, and then join us again. Every Thursday, a new podcast is up and running. You can hear us also every Thursday night in St. Louis on the Big 550 KTRS. And what time is that? 7 o'clock? Is that what it is? 7 o'clock? 7 to 8. 7 to 8 every Thursday. Okay. On uh, the Big 550 KTRS. But make sure you, you download us, listen to us, tell your friends, spread the word. This is a podcast. Un- well, I wouldn't say unlike any other podcast. It's a podcast only about like about 20 or 30,000 other podcasts out there. But, you know, hey, but we're cuter. Of all the podcasts out there, this is one of them. This is definitely one of them. And we thank you for listening. Till next time. Bye bye. Thank, thank you oh. for your time. Till next time. We're yeah. out of time. Till We're next time. time. Uh, thank whatever. you for your time. Bye bye. A Huda Media Production.